When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Welcome to Thursday's edition of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host on this occasion, Tony Anderson, and it's a lower league podcast, so you won't be hearing much from me over the course of that. <laughs> but who am I with? Is it Craig G. Telfer? Is it Sean McGuigan? It's Sean McGuigan, everyone. Hi, Sean. Hello there, you all right? I am, I'm very well, mate. I'm very well. How, how are you, more to the point? I, uh, I'm also very well, thank you. Uh, I'm interested to see when you see when you started recording there. Uh, a bright light came on. Is that because I know you? I know you were saying a kind of halo light thing. Okay, Is that okay. so? Did that you're come on when me. you start recording? You're outing me now. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it was a bad thing. I just mean like, is, did that come on when you? Because you no, that, that that's already been on from when right, we were okay. talking before this. This uh, what are they called again? I don't know. A halo light. Uh, that's what it looks like. But they've got a name for glow, something glow, and it's what influencers use. I was talking well, no about one, the last. No wonder you have one. Yeah, of course, of course. Because <laughs> uh, last I done a pod with Rob, and I was talking about. Last time that I could use it for other things. Mainly it was me doing things topless was what Rob was <laughs> <laughs> Rob was pushing for. Uh, he said basically no matter what I do, I was saying just like rate takeaways, just get them sent, <laughs> sit run, put on me topless, eating stiffened takeaways, and I give them a rating out of five. I don't know. I don't know how many people would watch that. But how how I handy has it been so far? Like I, so I I don't have one. Well, what, what's been good is Fowler sent me the um, webcam to make uh-huh. it all better. And Mandy, because I can't do anything, basically, she 
figured out how to, it came with some bits so you could attach it to the ring light. That's what's called ring light. Ring light, that's it. So now now I've got all set up because that's what I, I really didn't want to get. I was going to build a shelf to put the webcam on because I didn't want to have to set up and make it so it would face me correctly every time. Uh-huh. So now I've got this with this ring light. So it's behind the laptop and it's attached at the right sort of level so you can see my face. Uh, and then the ring light has a slight glow. You can do different glows. You can do, you can make it brighter. Oh, right, okay. what's that? Yeah, that's oh, brighter. God. Uh-huh. God, what else have we got? That's not great. Uh, and then you can change it. So it's like... Oh, blue. Blue, ah, ah, you can do uh-huh. all sorts. So wow. basically everyone knows now that I'm just alive. People are probably thinking, Tony's skin's improved. <laughs> <laughs> uh, over the last over the last weeks. But don't worry, it's not. Uh, I still look pale and tired due to being a redhead. So so don't worry about that. That's all remaining the same. It's just, I've done this just so you could see me properly. No point in doing all the webcam. My light in my room doesn't really do it that well over me. And further was saying I was too dark. So I was just going to get a lamp. But then people stepped in and said, no, 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 what to do? Get a ring light. And here we are. Here we are. This is the big leagues for the Terrace podcast. Ring lights, <laughs> webcams. Now that now that I realise you can turn it blue, I might I might ask for it. <laughs> Didn't realise you could do all of those. I just thought it was a light. No, 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 no. You can it change it. Doesn't, doesn't sound that good. All these different aspects. I can make it. Oh God, I've been to Tenerife for a week. Oh no, I've no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can do anything. Wow. What a world that opens up. Uh, but yeah, we've no we've no tell for today. I, I've stepped in. Telford's being worked so hard by that TV show. He always has to turn up every single week and host a view for the terrace. So he needs a wee rest now and again. And, he, and, and to be fair to him, he bloody deserves it because I know how much work he puts into all that. And I'm sure that comes across on the telly. And that'll be the last time I'm nice about Telford on air <laughs> for around three to three to four months. Okay, quarterly. But... You'll, you'll have quarterly compliments when it comes <laughs> yeah, to uh, Telford. I think that's fair, but as you come to expect, it's me and Sean, and mm-hmm. you know what happens when the Elliot Roger and <laughs> oh, oh, and Alex Minnesian of the Terrace Podcast get together. Who, who are these people, Tony? Right, so this is going down the incel route, and... These guys is one's a copycat killer of the well, not copycat. He was inspired to murder off this guy. So Elliot Roger is sort of like the the is sort of like went on a, a killing pee, killed six people, and wounded more than a dozen. I don't know why I'm laughing. That's no funny. Uh, Isla Vista before he committed suicide, oh. uh, but he was all about incels. So they're a fringe group of sexually frustrated men who blame women for their misery and often advocate for violence against them, unfortunately. But he was so inspired by Alex Minnison, who's a 25-year-old man accused of plowing a van onto a crowded Toronto sidewalk on Monday, uh, which wasn't good. Uh, this was in 2017, I think. But I thought this is good because I don't know much about the lower league, Sean. And I thought, uh-huh. I'm inspired by you. I'm just going to be copying you. As and I'm an incel. Uh, and you're an incel. So I thought, I thought this would, uh, it would all fold up. But when I was reading through this, man, just the, the former military recruit wrote a Facebook put referencing Roger and so-called Chad's and Stacey's. 
which I didn't know were internet slang for men and women with more active sex lives. I didn't didn't know that at all. And they done also. They just seem really angry about women. They just think that to dance that there's a glorified. He's among these people. He prays them for he's a patron saint of incels. Apparently, see see what see if people kind of get girlfriends or mm. don't know how to talk to women or. Or, or whatever you you don't need to you don't need to blame women for for those feelings. Just do what most other people do and watch Star Trek. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Just like just get another hobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can always wank it out. I mean, that's never that's <laughs> that's always there. That's always a given. I mean, I went I went for I went for the clean option of of watching yeah, sci-fi. But you but, need uh... to do both. You, you need to do both. You would have the clean regularly watching Star mm-hmm. Trek, but then a two-minute spell to stop the anger for women getting out of the way. And, and listen, when you've seen what Deanna Troy wore from season two of Star Trek Next Generation onwards, my goodness. Well, how, how could they be helped? But the, to finish it off, you, you're saying, like, why don't they do this? Well, this person, a user wrote that Monday's rampage was caused by women's rights and the refusal of women to have sex with themselves. And he claims... All violence, random attacks, and terrorism are done by men who can't find girlfriends. And thus women are directly responsible for all of it. The user wrote, the only way to fix this problem is to take away women's rights and adopt a system of equal redistribution of women. And I would love to see how that would be policed and how they would do it. So that would just be like people just turning up and going, I'll I'll have that one. Or do you just get just set your house, the bell goes like Amazon. Here's a girlfriend for you. Um, they're delighted to be here. And then you crack on. So I don't know. It's an interesting mindset. It's a diff- interesting policy decision we could have. Very much sounds like somebody who doesn't want to take accountabilities for their own problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much. No, no, no. It's all women's if any sort of murder or terrorist attack is purely based on women turning men down. So hope they can live for themselves. Just watch Star Trek for the love of goodness. <laughs> yeah, for, for crying out loud, just watch Star <laughs> Trek. But Sean, we're not here yes. to talk about incels, are we? Uh, I mean, have you anything to report? Have you any fun stories? You had a good week at work? Uh, do you know something? I'm just, it's not that I've had a good week at work, but I just, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Like last Thursday, I was supposed to be doing a podcast and it was literally impossible to get out of Edinburgh and back to oh, yeah, uh, Fife. Yeah, so I'm just yeah. glad that I am uh, able to do this, I suppose. So how did that happen? I mean, I felt sorry. I'm sorry for enough. And I was nearly messaging to offer you salvation of my house. But I was like, I don't think you want to do that. I'll just get home even later than waiting on. <laughs> just when you, when I saw the writing of, there is 500 people in front of me <laughs> at the bus station. Uh, and, and like, when you picture that scene, you, you just can't help but feel sorry for a friend. But, I was like, surely there's lots of buses going off. So how long did you have to wait at said bus station? Uh, I eventually got back at about the back in nine. Uh, but no, it was uh, it was it was an unpleasant it was an, an unpleasant Thursday evening, uh, especially when I, I I thought I had a podcast to look forward to, but wasn't wasn't the case. I, I, I had like about a million a million words of notes, uh, and they always it was about the top fight you were going to be doing, eh? You were, was oh it no, no. The no, top no, top, sorry, don't be silly. Tony, don't be, don't be ridiculous. No. What on earth could I uh, discuss about talking? No, it's uh, myself and Andy more than I'm going to be able to add to this, Sean. Myself and Andy Harrow are going to talk about the championship, but uh, we, that couldn't go ahead. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. 
From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, let's talk about the championship right now, okay. Sean. I know you. we were talking about, we're just going to have a few storylines from each league. So we're going to start at the top. We'll do the bottom. We're just. It's going to be a whistle-stop tour of the top and bottom of all three divisions. So, I mean, we're going to the top of your lads, where your lads are slugging it out with Dundee United. But unfortunately, like, Wraithovers weren't really able to take advantage of the fact that Dundee United Drop some points against Big Dunk. Do you know something? It's funny. I like I've I've always up until this point I've I've been very much trying to play it coy and mm-hmm. uh, oh I don't know about I don't know about a title fight oh, like Wraith Rovers trying to take on Dungeon United. I'm I'm not so sure about that. Uh, but then I realised I was I was starting to sound a wee bit like Dick Campbell. Remember when I broke mm-hmm. in that that mm-hmm. kind of title wrestling match with Kilmarnock, and every week he'd say things like, "Oh, we're just trying to get to forty points." That, that's your target. Get to 40, 40 points, stay in the league. It's like, well, well Dick, it's, it's January the 7th and you're on 39. <laughs> so you can probably you can probably aim a wee bit higher than, uh, than staying in the division. <laughs> but I must admit, see on, see on Saturday, that was the first time that I thought, wait a minute, we can maybe win this league. But then to be fair, oh. to be fair, I can kind of see why I haven't thought that because it lasted about two minutes. So <laughs> Rafe went one up and like late into injury time and in the, in the first half against the Airdrie. Un, didn't really deserve it. Airdrie being the better team in the first half. Regardless, so 1-0 up, checked my phone, whatever it was, 5-10 minutes into the second half, Dungeon United went a goal down. I was like, oh, well now, here we go. Maybe, maybe we can win the league. That puts us a point behind Dungeon United with a, with game, a game in hand. hand right. With a game in hand. We maybe could do this. I think that sentence had only just went through my brain and Nikolai Todorov scored a header from a corner kick. And I was like, ah. I goes, right, okay. But United's losing. That gets us a point closer if it ends like this uh, with a game in hand. So it might be fine. Checked my phone and Dungeon United equalised. All of this happened in like maybe a two-minute spell. But I tell you what, that, those two minutes were very, very exciting. And this is the analysis that everyone signs up for. It's what's going through your head as goals going. <laughs> <laughs> but no, ultimately, I, like, I think there is a... Like, as it stands right now, there, there's three title fights. And there's a, there's a title fight in all three lower leagues. Mm-hmm. I suspect that there won't be one in the championship eventually. Mm-hmm. I think that'll, I think Wraith might peter out very soon. And I'll, I'll come on to why I, I might change my mind. But we'll see. I even think in League One title fight might peter out at some point I think League 2 I mean at the moment there's about 4 teams 
that could potentially win the league in the, the kind of the, the basement tier. I think that one could go the distance, and I think it could be a very, very, very good laugh. But in terms of the in terms of championship one, I'm I'm not sure. I, 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 a, I don't want to get my hopes up, but B, like logically, and I'm not just saying this, but like I think there's a wee bit of a myth about Dungeon United being a big team. Like Dungeon United, off the top of my head, must have spent as many seasons, if not more, in the last ten years in the championship as they have. In the, in the Premiership like mm-hmm. all the time I've watched football I've always thought Dundee are like a, a good Championship team or a bad Premiership team and Dundee United have been a decent Premiership team and now it kind of feels like both are about the same <laughs> like they're both good Championship teams they're both yo-yo both, clubs uh, ah they're both they seem to have become yo-yo clubs however in terms of if, if anybody was going to challenge Dundee United this season it kind of felt like a few things needed to happen so like we weren't sure if Jim Goodwin was any good a manager. Bear in mind the the failures that he's had going into going into this job, and then the start that he had, and the start he had, and right, then the start of the season as well. You yep. started to give you the feels. Mm-hmm. Oh, good, we've got a calypso man. We've got a collapse yeah. man again. Mm-hmm. He seems to be so far based on the first kind of two or three months. Kind of feels like he's just starting to build up his his reputation again, and it feels like he knows what he's doing. So that's a bit disappointing in terms of the players that were already at the club who had been so disappointing last season. So I'm thinking of Tony Watt, Glenn Middleton, for example. You've like not been a Tony get... Watt man this season. That's something I've I've noticed. I um, haven't been. Yeah, you've been very much, can everyone calm down? He's not been very good. Can everyone calm down? He's not been very good. That's been a repetitive theme in the times that I've spent with you. And people can hear how riveting the times that we do spend together are. It's been... He's he's been slightly better than I thought he might be, and I I do think I I spoke at the in the preview podcast about United about Tony Watt is is very much a confidence player. I'm now starting to wonder if he is a. I know it's probably like two sides of the same coin, not necessarily confidence, but just does he have a smile on his face? Like does he enjoy going to train in the morning? Does he enjoy playing on a Saturday? Like I don't know if he's had too many spells in his career where he plays for a club. Like I know he played at Celtic, but he wasn't a fixture. He wasn't necessarily playing every week. But just playing for a team that wins every single week. And I, I do think he is enjoying that. He, he might have to shuttle out wide when, when Louis Malt comes on. So like he, he's been okay. He's been better than I thought he might be. Glenn Middleton has, has been very, very good. So Jim Goodwin seems to have fixed that. The recruitment seems to have been pretty good. Like on paper, I thought at the start of the season, it, it seemed fine. Then Malt come on, uh, came in. Then Declan Gallagher came in. Again, you're probably needing some of these signers on paper to not quite work. Mm-hmm. That hasn't happened. They've all worked. Defensively, they're fine. Going forward, there's, there's goals from everywhere. Young players, you thought, well, like Declan Glass, for example. Like Declan Glass has had several loan spells at lower divisions in the championship and hasn't looked particularly great. Yes, yeah, he's, he's had, he's had, he's had best bad injuries. in the lower, lower leagues where yeah, everyone thought like, he looked incredible. But this season, like he's done very well. Kai Fotheringham has had it; like, it's done very well so far. It's it's almost impossible to point to any aspect of what's went on at Dungeon United this season and said and and think like that's not quite worked. So bearing that in mind, like they don't concede any goals, like they barely concede any goals this season. With that in mind, it's it's very difficult to see past them for the league. As close as Wraith Rovers are, I I am not. I, I, Rovers have it's, got it's a lot a of league games. That Wraith Rovers up. have had such a. Good start to the season, such a consistent start to the season. 
But the difference is obviously yours is made up of of sort of last minute goals. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I'm I'm not saying as a criticism, but when this happens and you compare the two runs as they are, the one that looks like obviously it's got more staying power is the Dundee United one. One thing I will say for Wraith Rovers though is you must be feeling safe as houses in this league in terms of the playoff because uh like this league's starting to get a bit like the the top flight. Where it's like, are any of the other teams any use? None of them seem yeah. to be able to put any real form. I mean, part of this other a, a good start to the season as well. But I mean, they're down to one win in, in the last five. They're just drawn every week now. But Furman did manage to get back into it with their performance against Morton. But again, despite Morton parting like the Red Sea and allowing them to do whatever they wanted for large periods of that game, but Furman were lucky to get out of that with three points, and, and they couldn't have had more accommodating opponents. So you must be feeling from Wraith Rovers' side that, that you're definitely going to be in the playoffs. That, that's like not under any sort of question. Aye, I, I mean, even before the season started, when I, I saw the, the squad that had been assembled. Signings, yeah, yeah. I, I was a wee bit worried about the centre-half position, then you and Murray was brought in. I think that was during the, the League Cup group stage. <clears throat> and at that point, I thought, right, Defensively, we seem reasonably set. It feels like we've signed players that have went, oh, Burn came in as well, maybe after that. And it feels like there's a core of the team that have been round the houses in the championship and won it. Like, they know what it takes to, to get results and get out of the league. And, and I think that makes a huge difference. And I, 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 don't think it's, like, I don't think it's luck that they've had so many late goals. I think that's, mm. a, I think that's a mentality thing. Looking round the squads... Murray's mentality I, monsters. Absolutely. Looking round the squads, I, I think Partick Thistle would run them close. I think if I was a Partick fan, like there was this whole thing about <clears throat> the statement that came out about, oh, you know, they might struggle this season. So a decent squad. If anything, I might be, if I was a Partick fan, I'd be a wee bit disappointed at how, I think, are nine points behind Dun United and, and played the same amount of games. It feels like on paper, certainly, Wraith, Partick are the only... They're the best of the rest. Everybody else, I don't think there's much between them, to be fair. Between the, the teams that are fourth to ninth, I honestly couldn't have placed them at this moment in time. There's very little between all of them. However, it does feel like, unless Dun United are to pick up injuries, like Louis Moult becomes injured, for example, or Declan Gallagher is out for a spell, or something happens, I still think they'll win the league. Wraith and Partick, in some semblance of order, should really be second or third. And then it's anybody from fourth to ninth onwards. But you make a, a, a fair point there about fourth to ninth. So I suppose this takes us on nicely to how are, are Morton, yes, like you're saying at the top of the table, there's not many points in it. But looking at it now, are Morton about to get cut adrift at the bottom of the championship? Potentially. I mean, what are they... I've not checked that, but they might be sitting on eight points after they, 11 they, games. They, they, they're, on, they're on eight points. They've got Two victories, but Inverness Cali being the, the main problem for them is that Inverness Cali under Duncan Ferguson have, have picked up a really good form. Like he's really, really turned them around in a short space of time. Yes, there could be a debate on how long that, that will last. And I know that there would always be questions based on Duncan Ferguson's previous jobs that after. <laughs> I really don't want to get down into this. Sorry, but I'm going to say it anyway. He's got a bit of a vibe that 
he might just be a bit of a cheerleader at, at the side of the park and a it's character. Kevin Keegan. Yeah, and 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 the, that and that can get you somewhere. That yep. and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not against that. And it worked really well for him, especially in his interim spells at Everton, because it just it's it, it can be such a galvanizing figure. But we don't know like how much he's actually got as a as a genuine football manager. But with Morton being so poor, and with Emery having so much credit in the bank due to what happened last season, that could be a real sort of. That could be like a, a marriage of inconvenience, really, of, of more like the way that those two things happen at the same time, because it means that they'll probably give Emery more time than they maybe with another manager, and maybe rightly so. But with the galvanizing nature of what Ferguson does, we could end up that when they do eventually pull the trigger on Emery, it could be all said and done by then. Yeah, I I remember saying last season that I thought Morton had one of the poorer squads in the division. Then they brought in Dougie Emery, and then. He started getting a tune out of players. We've kind of mentioned this before, but he started getting a tune out of players that you never thought he could. So Grant Gillespie's like a really good example. Like the fact that he probably only stayed in full-time football because of what Queen's Park were doing in the bottom tier. Then got a deal at Morton, uh, got a wig, and then became like very, very good. But I, I don't think I've ever seen... I'd, so last season might have been Grant Gillespie's best ever performances at, at, at such a high level. And Dougie got that out of him. And there was George Oakley, a player who's never really scored goals in his career, goes to Morton under Emery, looks like a very good player and does score goals. Uh, Robbie Muirhead last season, I think off the top of my head, might have had his most successful uh, scoring rate ever in his entire career. So there's all these examples of Dougie Emery, at least that's how it looked, that's how it appeared, Dougie Emery getting these fantastic performances out of players who have never really done it at that level ever. So we're kind of in this, in this kind of bubble where somebody you don't think is any good signs for Morton and you're, you're wary of criticising it because you're like, right, well, he's rubbish. Like Martin Dale at Livingston. It's the exact yeah, same sort of ah, thing. It's exact same exactly sort of thing. the same. Yeah. But Dougie Remain is now in a very short period of time, appears to have this fantastic ability to get something out of players who it feels like either they've never really performed or they're on a, a, a kind of a poor career trajectory, I suppose. But when I was looking, again, when I was looking at the, the kind of business that they'd done in the summer, I wasn't entirely sure about Broadfoot. I wasn't entirely sure about Stephen Boyd. Alan Power, I thought, might have been okay. Mm -hmm. However, none of those signings have, have went particularly well. And to compound matters, see those players who'd done so well last season, Muirhead, Oakley, Gillespie, they all appear, they all appear to have reverted back to how poor they were two seasons ago. So we're, we're now in a situation where, I mean, they don't seem to be doing, I, I think they're almost identical, the record at the start of this season as to when Gus McPherson was given the bullet. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that Doug Emery deserves it, but I am struggling. Unless he can get more out of these players, unless he can come up with something, I am struggling to see what team in the championship Morton are going to finish above. Mm -hmm. And he, he sort of fundamentally, the big fundamental mistake is 
for the little I know is that last season Morton were really good at pressing. They were really good at harrying. And 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 they would sort of commit men to do that and they looked like a nightmare to play against. But with the signing of Broadfoot, and even if you take away that Broadfoot's finished as a footballer anyway, even just as, even if he was still quite good in <laughs> his reading and his and and his ability to move, he's so slow that it naturally makes them have to sit back. So it takes away the tactical thing that got them performing so well. That's now been taken away from them. And this is another thing. When you're talking about these players who are normally quite weak players, the fact that you can get a tune at them in terms of effort and pressing and harrying, that's normally what you can do with sort of weaker players. And they've taken that ability to do that due to the, the makeup of the side. So fundamentally, he's not able to do what he done last season that he was able to do with these styles of players. So that makes them, like, they need to suddenly be deep having a low block, so it means you have to be very good defensively and organised. And then you also need, your players aren't going to be, since you're not pressing, you're not making our team make as many errors. So then you have to actually be creative and you have to actually make chances like that. And you don't have the talent to do it. So he sort of hamstrung himself with signing slow defenders. And never mind even if you don't, even if it's not Broadfoot, even if it's another player like that. And the style that they're forced to play in then sort of, negates all the sort of positive attributes that they had and, and sort of stops them being able to be better than the, than the sum of their parts. Yeah. And like, you know how often you'll talk about if a team is doing well, you might say something like, uh, whether you're talking about recruitment or whether you're just talking about the squad in general, you might say, I, the spine of the time, the spine of the team is really good. And you'll talk about the keeper, a centre half, a central midfielder and a striker. And that might be why they're succeeding and, and the players round about them could be doing whatever, but you're talking about the spine of a team. It kind of feels like the spine of Morton's team might be what the issue is. So, Jamie McDonald signed in the summer and I thought that was a good signing. I would have been quite happy if, if Wraith had kept him. However, I'd, like he, was, he missed a wee bit of last season with an elbow injury. And it did feel like last term was maybe his poorest in a Rovers jersey. It was a wee bit slow to get down to stuff. This season, it feels like he's been okay, but no better than that. In front of them, you've got, we mentioned Broadfoot. I thought Tyler French, that came in on loan from Dundee, was going to be a good signing for them. Most Dundee fans were like, oh, maybe we'd have kept him and, and gave him some minutes until he was eventually fit and ready to, to come into the first team. He's been really bad for them. Like really, really, really poor. Whether it's it was, it was a shambles watching that Dunfermline game. They, yeah. they were like so far apart. Yeah. These are like bog standard basics. Where it just looked like it looked like a dream to play in as a Dunfermline player. Because when it gets like that and it becomes so easy and you're constantly making chances, it like it makes the rest of the team confident. And then you've got a, a Dunfermline team who were playing really who were quite weak at the time. Something that's pinging one one touch pass a bit because they grow into it. So having these gaping holes, having these really poor defence, that has a huge knock-on effect on the confidence of their team. And then that starts having an effect at other parts of the pitch. It's not just simply, oh, it, it's more than just individual errors when stuff like that happens. It's more, yeah. and, and people always like to say that, but it all has such a knock-on effect to the rest of the team and the confidence of the other team. Yeah. And they were, like last season, they were just, like, there's a, there's a thing on, there's a thing when it comes to Morton, certainly last season, where, Opposition fans would talk about how kind of one-dimensional they were and how difficult Morton were to play and how fr frustrating they were. And 
I think Morton fans probably wear that as a kind of badge of honour. But they like they were nasty and they got in your face. And it wasn't like it wasn't that they were bad to watch, but they made the most of what they had. They mm. like they, they did close you down. And it was they were very, very difficult to, to 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 play against. They closed you down, they took ages on free kicks. They shut down your free kicks, they took ages on throw-ins. It was a frustrating style of mm-hmm. team to, to to watch. This season, like they, they didn't really do any any of that. And I it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. I mean, obviously they're locked in with the squad until January. It, it, interesting in terms of they are a, a kind of fan-led club. Mm-hmm. And although there's a wee bit of outside financing when it comes to, to, to sponsorship, I suppose part of the, the problem, like in an ideal world, all clubs would be kind of fan-led as class. With a little bit but, of money pumped in, that would be the ideal but, scenario. Yeah, But I, I don't know if they have much mon- more money that can allow them to bring more bodies in in January. Maybe they will be able to find that, I don't know. But at this moment in time, it's, it's a struggle to see. I, I think it's, it's more likely that Morton become detached than anybody else get reeled in to, mm. to, towards them at the, the bottom of the table. Right, let's go into the the championship and let's start at the... I, I, Falkirk and Hamilton. I know, I know Hamilton have blinked one first and that's interesting in terms of that opens up a little gap. But, I mean, you're a man who knows it all, Sean. So I was going to ask you more about but the playoff run looks quite interesting. The clubs in around that look quite interesting because there seems to be a real lot of good form and good sides in that area. So Cove have absolutely spun it round. And I know it's nothing to do with Paul Hartley's signings and it's the people they come back, but he is coaching them. <laughs> so he does have to take some <laughs> sort of credit <laughs> for turning around what looked like they were going to be with in like right in the heart of the relegation battle, but they are absolutely flying now, uh, and obviously they 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 beat they beat Aki's and they sort of beat Queen of the South, and they're beating like sort of they're more than just they're winning big games against good sides at the moment as well as just picking up results. I so you're right. I I, I, I you know the like the disappointing thing about League One is, so you're right. It's like Falkirk and Hamilton at the top of the table. I, I do think Hamilton's charge might peter out eventually. Mm-hmm. I just have more faith and far more faith in Falkirk than I do Hamilton, albeit I think there are it's probably not that much between the squads, but John Rankin, hmm, I'm I'm not so sure. Below that, I think that Cove I'd be very surprised if Cove don't finish in the in the top four. So third or fourth. But you're right, I'd like I'm I'm not entirely sure it's anything to do with Paul Hartley. It's incredible uh, a manager who who started off his, his career on such a high and yet now we're kind of thinking to ourselves, if he doesn't do well this season with Cove, like where does he go from here? Mm-hmm. And like, like, like he still might do well, he still could finish the top four. I suspect they will. I don't think they'll get promoted. Looking at that squad, I think he's... I think he's... Recruitment is slipshod at best. Like they must have signed 35, 40 players over the last two windows. Very few of them have been a success. And ultimately, the reason why they're doing so well has been a, a kind of uptick in performances is because Fraser, Fraser Five is back and Blair Yule's back. And they've been missing for, for all of this season. So bringing those two in, back into your team is always going to have a, a, a positive impact. And yeah, and at, and at that level, Five is like a real top. Oh, of course. Still, still, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, I loved Fraser Five. I loved him when he was at I think he's a tremendous player 
and uh, for whatever reason he ended up down there. But uh, just his brain, how quick his thinking is, uh, his skill uh, and, and his passing ability. You, you picture him being able to run games. And I'm no surprise that when a guy like that comes back in, it, um, it can literally go from we are absolutely shit to winning, <laughs> winning every single match. And as you say, that is not really anything to do with Paul Hartley. I think you say about like worrying about where he goes from here. I don't know how much a chairman or a board would love to look at the fact a guy wants to make 30 signings in two windows. I don't think that's really palatable for, for most boards in terms of mm, that's definitely not the type of manager we want to bring in here. So I, you would be saying that he would be looking down the barrel of a gun. But he has done it, and, and, and Kelly Hearts are, are are sort of continuing to pick up. They they got a poor result away at Annan, so we had a huge swing, at, a bit of a swing at the bottom because Montrose thumped Edinburgh City, uh, with Annan managed to get a sort of unlikely draw against Kelly Hearts. Let's 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 talk about Edinburgh City, Sean. It's what we're all here for. I <laughs> I find like the Edinburgh story. Even when you go back to like like them coming into the league, they've just had a very, very interesting SPFL stay. Always been very interesting. This period of, of their SPFL tenure might be their most interesting. But obviously, Alan Mabry was... His services were dispensed. Uh, I can understand why, considering the, the end to last season and the beginning to this, they brought in Michael McIndoe, who's relationship with football, I suppose, and relationship with footballers has been documented in other places in terms of, I, I don't know how well liked he's, uh, he is in, in certain circles, especially if you're giving him a lot of money and then it, it, that vanished. I wouldn't like that personally. Either. I, I wouldn't like it. I'd, <laughs> no. I'd, be, I'd be really quite annoyed. Uh, he, it, it tells you his career, if you just want to look at his, what he'd done at Gretna 2008, he, he kept them up. They they had a reasonable season under his uh, stewardship, I suppose. Considering how it looked like he wanted to maybe be not on the sidelines, but it kind of feels like he wanted to keep himself on the down low. To then come into SPFL seemed like quite an unusual move, mm-hmm. especially for somebody who didn't want to do any interviews, like with anybody and and in house media, anybody when it comes to Greta in two thousand eight. And now he's starting to do interviews for Edinburgh. And my goodness, my goodness. Well, he he wouldn't do interviews for anyone else, but he'll certainly do them for Dave. Dave. (laughs) (laughs) And and he will say his name till the day he dies now. The calling card of of the Edinburgh City. That that interview, I thought, was astonishing. And it was like the biggest PR stunt in terms of what a manager can do to try and fluff up the the fans that I think I've possibly ever seen. And then I, I saw that and I wasn't I quite liked it and I, I don't want to criticize this. But you know the dancing he was doing with the with the young team and, and the ultras yes. and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, when I combine it with this interview, this guy is on in terms of he knows he needs to get everyone on the side and it's like the most blatant obvious move to do that. And he, he, he's sort of like making sure that everyone knows what his standards are, everything. It's all nonsense. It's all, it's like all just worth, it's exactly what I would do in a blind panic as a manager because I don't really have anything to actually say. I don't have anything to really analyze anything. 
And it's very much, he's straight into self-preservation mode, in my opinion, in the way he's behaving. I, I thought it was a couple of things. So this was his post-match interview after Edinburgh lost 5-1 to Montrose uh, at the weekend. But he, like you're right, so he constantly, almost every sentence he mentions the interviewer's name. Mm-hmm. So he'll say, Dave, next sentence, Dave, next sentence, Dave. I was, honestly, I was desperate. I was like, because I think, like, this is the last too long, four minutes, three and a half minutes. And I was like, please, please let one of these questions, let the interviewer say, I, actually, my name's Derek. Like, I was desperate, <laughs> like, I was desperate like, like, to, to get the name wrong because he mentioned it so many times. <laughs> no, no, I, prefer I, to be call, I prefer to be called David. <laughs> <laughs> but as, in terms of him, because he essentially threw a lot of players under the bus. Oh, Every, uh, some of these players you won't be seeing again. There's language like that. I will have to make changes. You have to understand. Uh, and ironically uses the word honest very, very regularly. <laughs> so that's interesting. So if he's... So, so from everything I've heard about Edinburgh, they, their budget's tiny. So maybe he knows that he's going to be moving players on and he's allowed to make additions to the squad in January, in which case, n- not fair enough. But if he's if he knows who he wants to move on, and those are kind of pointed comments about certain players in the squad, then maybe that might work. However, if he's going to be working with the bulk of the squad for the rest of the season, and he's already making pointed comments about them, I'm not so sure. I, I know it's like Kira McDonald left. So we're recording this on a Thursday. I think McDonald left earlier today, which I'm surprised at because like, I, I thought he was very good at Wraith a couple of years ago. Felt like a good signing on on paper. I mean, I say it was a good signing because he's a good fullback. For whatever reason, it hasn't worked out for him. But already, he's starting to shape his squad by moving players on. So perhaps one of the players who he was alluding to in that in that interview was was McDonald, who's who's now left the club. But I I, I don't know how like how how can I express this in a way that isn't slagging him off I just thought it was a really odd like, I, I don't know if I've seen too many examples of this kind of certainly not at this level I, I, I mean I, claim, I just... cl- claiming that uh, the goals that they lost will never happen again under my watch ever and like, screaming about a winning mentality for a team that's rock bottom and has got no money to change and, and, and has been losing all the time as I said, it just felt like um, he's he's watched what sort of guys like Sam Allardyce or something would say when they come in at a club, and he's sort of, I'm going to use that and put that across, and everyone's going to know that I've got really really high standards. To me, it just it's just it all. I, maybe I shouldn't be talking this, but I don't know. This is just how I talk. He's it, it just it it seemed very very self-serving and making sure everyone knows that I've got standards but it's just like to me it'll almost guarantee become across as hollow words in about a month's time and it just seemed like the most obvious way to get fans on the side and fans want to believe it they want to believe the standards at a part-time team are through the roof and everyone's fit <laughs> it's, it's just it's just probably not the case and and it just felt like he's he, it was, as he said, a throw in the bus, a throwing everyone under the bus sort of move. And 
making sure that everyone knows that he wants what's best for Edinburgh and he is the best for Edinburgh. And any problems that will come is because people aren't trying. I, it's interesting what you said about like they won't be like whatever it was conceding goals like that under his uh, under his watch or whatever because I'd read in fairness I hadn't I didn't see the interview so forgive me if this is uh, if this is incorrect but I read that after the Annan game which they which they won three two he said that uh, nobody will be turning up at the capital uh, and getting a a kind of soft touch kind of thing. Uh, that was the week before, and then <laughs> seven days later they lose five one at home to Montrose. So already, already some of his claims are not really holding much water. Yeah, because that's what I see. But they they come across they are just like the most bold, brash claims you could possibly do. And like I said, it's like what a big name manager would speak like who has a back catalogue that you can go right. I'm I'm behind him. If I'm a player, I'm rolling my eyes at that straight away. And, yeah, and. I, I'm not saying I'm not saying he's disingenuous. I'm not saying anything like that. I just think that mate, I've just got my gut instinct would be that he he's using this stuff because he doesn't actually have the the technical abilities of a manager that to to do it. So he's already going to just buff up the the easiest fans, the fans that want to believe all this type of chat, believe that this is how it all works, and he'll get them on side, and that can get them surviving for. The, the longest length of time that, that, he, that he can. That's just so I think there's no like, sort of analysis in it at all. Um, and I don't know, again, maybe I'm being really unfair here, but that is just what exactly what I thought the second I watched that interview. I, I suppose it's interesting looking at uh, the, the comments about the, about the interview online. Because Edinburgh fans uh, online, and I appreciate that's, that doesn't mean there's like hundreds of comments, but from, <laughs> from what I've seen, that sounds totally disrespectful. I, I didn't mean it that way. But from from what I've seen, Edinburgh fans in general online actually quite liked it and thought it was okay and mm-hmm. thought that that kind of straight talk felt good and maybe like that kind of honesty is is what the players needed and also a bit of it can't get any worse. So why not have a kind of change of approach? Well, I would say the early days for that change of approach. Where did he go yes. from here? Where do you go? What's what's the next thing you say? <laughs> the the other aspect I would say is that the non Edinburgh fans who have watched it, uh, their their feelings and and thoughts seem to be what a knob. <laughs> And that's their words, not ours. Um, <laughs> I, 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 certainly not my words. Uh, maybe, and, maybe my thoughts. <laughs> but, 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 but I very much enjoyed when he was saying, congratulations to Montrose today. Today. <laughs> so what? Tomorrow, that's not congratulations for the winning 5-1. What do you mean? It, that's set in stone. Like You can't change that. It's congratulations for that result. Full stop. <laughs> the result doesn't change tomorrow. But I suppose very, 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 very quickly, Sean Annan picking up a draw to take the to the three points clear uh, of the bottom and putting them four points behind Queen of the South, who with Marvin Bartley, he's doing 1-1 when we obviously got the win against Annan, which probably wasn't really deserved. Then Cove beat him. And then he's gone, went and got a draw at Falkirk. So that seems a bit all over the place in terms of where that team is. 
but he is absolutely under pressure. Obviously, being a full-time team in this league, they should be doing better. But do you believe that Annan have it in them? If we're taking, I'm going to assume, even you don't have to say it, that you think Edinburgh are gone. Um, so do you think Annan have got what it takes to reel Queen of the South? And I think Queen of the South, as I think, are, are going to be able to, when the injuries come back, maybe get themselves up the league and, and make a run at the playoffs where they should be? If anybody is going to get reeled in, I think it might be still in Albion. Okay. Like, they started the season so well, so positively. Brilliant League Cup campaign. Started the season really strongly. But they were they were kind of grinding out wins. They were keeping clean sheets. Like, the winning games 1-0. Apart from when they went to St. Johnson, obviously, and scored hunters. But they now kind of keep clean sheets. So they seem to get reeled in. I was impressed with the South at the weekend against Falkirk. They probably should have won the game. What I would say about Falkirk is, as much as I expect them to win the league, I, I thought it was very, very funny that so ex-Falkirk TV supremo, Lewis Connolly, who has endured whatever it was, four or five years of abject misery, reporting on Falkirk week in, week out, barely missing a game. He left in the summer, and immediately Falkirk picked up. What are you insinuating here? Falkirk then put in their worst performance of the season on Saturday against Queen of South. Well, maybe could have been two goals up until Queen of South equalised and then they kind of rode their luck and, and maybe Queen of South were the better team uh, over the piece for that 90 minutes. When I pressed play on the on the, the Falkirk TV highlights, I could not believe it was Lewis Connolly. <laughs> that was, uh, that he was back. I don't, I don't know why he was back. I don't know what's happened. But I now, I, I now I'm starting to see that this man is just a curse. Mm. So he has been probably responsible, actually, wholly responsible for Falkirk's dreadfulness over the last four <laughs> or five years. Why have you turned to Falkirk? Like maybe, maybe he had a job on a farm and all the crops failed. And the reason he had to get a job on the farm is because he invested heavily in shares in hand wash at the end of the pandemic. He lost all of his money. It just feels like that, that, that poor Lewis, God bless him, God bless him because he's he's an honest, hard-working guy, but that man is a curse. And I, if Hamilton are to sustain this title challenge, Lewis Connolly will need to continue in the <laughs> Falkirk TV hot seat. Yeah, so you were, you, were, you were very, very careful with your words with Michael Bacchando, but this poor guy gets both barrels. <laughs> prefer to as a curse. <laughs> I'm just seeing, I'm just seeing what I see. Just okay, what I see yeah, there's, yeah, there's there's mountain evidence. Um. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or twenty four seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. 
But, okay, right, Sean, let's get to our last league. Let's go to bloody League 2, where I suppose I'm going to have to just ask the question, Sean, before we get down the bottom, which is where the interest really is, when do we call Spartans the real deal? Oh, well, now that's, you know something, that's quite an interesting question because, see, the, the other examples we have of teams coming up from the Lowland League and retaining the bulk of their squad. It's never went very well. Like Edinburgh went down that route. They really struggled to start with. Uh, Bonnerig last season pretty much went with the same squad that had won the Lone League. They struggled. Spartans haven't kind of had that th- those issues, even though the, the, the vast majority of their squad is the same team that, that, that won the Lone League. Yes, they've added to it in terms of... So certainly... Ayrton Sonker is coming at centre-half. That kind of meat and potatoes, as, as Telford would describe him, centre-half. James Cregan admittedly kind of elevates them to a degree. But ultimately, that's still the same team that won the Lone League. So whether it's because they were just a very, very, very good Lone League team, or maybe the quality in League 2 this season maybe isn't quite what it was, I'm not sure. That's what I was going to ask you, because like, with the Scottish Cup results some of them being extremely one-sided. And I know that you normally, and I, and I normally agree with you when the argument about how there is, there is a gap between the SPFL and the, the Lowland in the Highland League. But this season, either way, we, the, the, the gap's being made smaller due to the better teams from the Lowland League or that the League 2 teams are getting worse. There's a lot of evidence now looking that, that they are getting a lot closer together. Yeah, maybe. Certainly in terms of money. And maybe spend. that's because investment, because there's an open door now, there's a way of actually making it through, uh, means that the lone league teams are sort of investing more money. Just, there's just, there being a carrot's huge for, for players as well. Right, you're not just playing to win a league, you're, you're playing to, to move into to, to professional football. I, I, I think if you look back, let's say go back 10 years, I mean, not quite as much as that. In terms of, if you're looking at a non, like non-league sides, not non-league sides, but non-SPFL sides that have spent money, it's probably been exclusive of the Highland League teams. But that, but that isn't the case now. So you've got West of Scotland League teams, you've got Lone League teams spend money. Like East Kilbride, they might, they might deny the fact that they spend money, but, but they absolutely are. <laughs> but regardless, like this Spartans team is doing very, very well. And I think of the four teams that are up there at the moment, so... They all have a lot going for them in terms of Peterhead, in terms of Dumbarton, in terms of Spartans, in terms of Steny. Of the four, and maybe it's just because I know the least about them, like I know the least about the players, like Jamie Dishington I've seen a lot of this season. I think he's very good. Reese Armstrong looks very good, uh, kind of middle of the park. I know about Craig and Cammy Russell seems fine in the middle of the park, so certainly their midfield seems very, as good as anybody, I suppose. I probably know the least amount them, at least about them in terms of those top four. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I expect them to kind of drift away, but maybe that's just because I know more about Peterhead, Dumbarton, and Steny. But regardless, it does they feel like there's too much between those teams? So there's four there at the moment, maybe separated by four points, maybe. And I, I do think I've went on about maybe the championship title. No entirely sure how long that will go. I think Falkirk might eventually pull away this one in terms of League Two. 
that's the one that could potentially go the distance. And I, I do think it might not necessarily be between two teams. I think it could be multiple teams involved, which hopefully would be the case because it's just class. Because mm-hmm. the other leagues, as you say, they're, there's including maybe even the top flight. There's a lot like some. You feel like there's always this ebb and feeling that someone's going to pull away, and we yeah. need a league where there's a proper sort of title race. And I would say this is looking the most likely if Dumbarton are able to play on that pitch uh, for much longer. But let's go quickly to the the bottom of the league where we've had so Elgin and Clyde have sort of both replaced their managers. In recent times, even though like Barry Barry Smith has been at, at Elgin for 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 a fair whack of time now, but Clyde to have Chris Miller, who's sort of the interim. I was good. I, I was really interested in it. So he was playing. I just sorry, I was doing my research. So he was playing at Morton, and he's still a player at Morton, and he's getting interim role at at Clyde. Are you sure? It's just that that's the way it looked on sort of your 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 Wikipedia's. That type of look that it still said that he was still playing for Morton. He's interim manager for Clyde at the moment. And that sounded silly. And I've outed myself as not knowing very much because I needed to ask a question, but I was just I just wanted to know. I, the, I thought he I, can't I be on loan as the manager. <laughs> I, I thought he left Morton about two years ago. This is just what it says on 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 these various sites. I don't know if they're very good. I don't know. I, I'm just asking. I'm just I'm blown away. Current team. It says current team, Keenock Morton. And then above it, it's saying manager. So it knows that he's the manager of Clyde because it says interim manager of Clyde. But current team, it says Keenock Morton. And I well, was there you go. flabbergasted. Maybe maybe Wikipedia is right. I, I'm not so sure. I, I, I think he'd left Morton, but I could be totally wrong. Because that's some setup <laughs> on loan to be manager. Can I borrow your midfielder? Be on. <laughs> To, I to I, I think the team. I think the bottom of League Two it might be the might be the dreckiest we've seen in a while, mm. and I know Clyde have decided to do something about it in terms of Brian McLean no longer being the manager, and Elgin have decided to do something about it by bringing in Barry Smith. My goodness, good luck with that. <laughs> I. I'd, and it might be that those two are the are the teams that kind of circle the drain uh, in that league for the for the remainder of the season. It's a team above that that I find quite interesting. I mean, I mean, all all three are, are interesting. But bear in mind, when we're doing the preview pod, myself, Telfer, dude, generally I can be very very wrong to be fair. Mm. But we fancied Forfar to to have a decent season. They've done mm. very well in the league cup. I'm and the manager you think was was almost be. Manager yeah. beneath himself, possibly? Uh, aye, probably. Mm. Well, you could argue that. I yeah, think certainly you, know, you could you argue get, that. You get players that are good for that level. You'd mm-hmm. be edging towards Ray McKinnon as good manager for that level. I've, that's how an outsider would think due to where he's managed. Absolutely. And I wonder, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it had a, a disruptive effect on his summer. Because he still had, he still recruited players. I, I felt they had an okay squad on paper, but there was still. I mean, bear in mind he went down to Forest Green with the intention to be Duncan Ferguson's assistant manager. Then had to not necessarily come back up with his, his kind of tail between his legs. But let's face it, his he was distracted. Now he's come back up. I am 
I have no doubt he's now giving the the four four job his full uh, his full attention. But the fact that they are only just above Elgin and Clyde that we have went on about about how lamentable they are. <laughs> yeah. But they're only they're only a win or two behind four four. I I think that that McKinnon is in a very very difficult situation now. Four four play Clyde this weekend, and I suspect. Uh, a defeat would cost him his uh, would would cost him his job. I'd be amazed if if Clyde beat them. I'd be amazed if McKinnon has kept on it at Forfar because nothing, absolutely nothing, other than that League Cup section. And who cares? Nothing has has went right for Forfar this season, and it feels like they're in a. It, it feels like he is a, a really, I don't know. I don't know if it's right to say this. I just think he is potentially quite a negative influence on uh, on Station Park. Oof, strong words. I mean, but where would you? Where, I mean, you're mentioning Paul Hartley earlier. Where would he go? Where, where would Ray McKinnon go off, off the back of this? I, I think he may have to drop down out of the the SPFL. Because you're talking like that is like that is a, that's a mega fall from grace over a mm-hmm. yeah. few years. I mean, bear in mind, so so like Something. done very well at Brecon, done very well at Wraith Rovers. I mean, I, I thought it was great at Wraith Rovers. What mm-hmm. I would say is, in terms of speaking to people at the club, that they. They put up a Ray McKinnon because of the results. Like they, they didn't particularly find his. I, I don't know how popular he was at Starts Park, other than the results. Like, yeah. does that make like does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, aye, so they weren't necessarily disappointed to see the back of him, but were aware that maybe results would go backwards. So we're talking. So you're saying Clyde. Could get Ray McKenna the bullet, and then he will no longer be managing in a professional league. I I wouldn't uh, uh, if if Clyde if Clyde beat Forfar at the weekend, then I would be amazed if if Ray McKenna has kept on at Forfar and, and has another game in him. Yes. Wow, big words, and I think that is a good place to finish this evening, Sean. I have enjoyed my whistle tops tour around the lower leagues. I feel I have learned. I feel I've garnered things. And you have inspired me <laughs> to watch the, the Friday night game and maybe keep an eye on these results closer, but I will not run anyone over in your name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will so, be cheering on Dunfermline uh, this Friday and I, I don't oh, see that very often. Why would you Because we thought they're, they're in a title race. Oh, yeah, title race. So I, I need Dunfermline to beat Dungeon United. <laughs> Uh, I'd love it if it came round and they beat them and they eventually get above you. That would, uh, that that would be, be a shit. great laugh. Yeah, that would be. But life is shit, Sean, and you just have to you just have to accept that. And as a Hibs fan in recent times, that is all I've been going through. <laughs> so I'll be going to Easter Road at the weekend to watch Hibs draw another match, two two. So um, I hope you all enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully, we'll have Telfer and Sean back together with the Lower Leagues podcast very soon. But until then, enjoy your football, but do it safely, so they say. And say goodbye, Sean. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.